Ms. Kopech begins to spread lies concerning Grace. Maya and Grace meet. You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane by two new but theoretical fans of the show. I'm Ryan Matlock. And I'm theoretically Michael LaFaver. And you're listening to part two of our review of the season finale of the second season of Down Gilead Lane, episode 24 on our return to Gilead. So, do we want to talk about theories, the second episode? Yes. First off, let's go ahead and listen to the clip of the day for that episode, and you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Uh, But I would like everyone to cover a topic that we study in class, okay? Yeah, okay. Now, if you'll turn to Chapter 5 in your books, let's start with the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Big Bang, here's Earth. That's real scientific. Chapter 5, please, Lauren. Uh, Why don't you start off the reading for us? Uh, Sure, Mr. Watkins. Biological evolution. Uh, But I would like everyone to cover a topic that we study in class, okay? Yeah, okay. Are you thinking about researching creation, Justin? I don't know. It seems like a good idea, though. Even if you get a bad grade? I think so. Yeah, so that's a little different, and honestly, I am glad that there was less time spent on the subplot in this. Full disclosure, I am, as far as I know, a literal six-day creationist. I will defend the day theory of biblical creationism, and we can do that off recording probably. But I don't think this episode did a good job at expressing that belief in Justin. Yeah, and I think that like it would have maybe been better if we got a scene where maybe he gets to present his case and even just say a little bit about, hey, there is actually scientific stuff here. But the way it's presented, it almost sounds like he just stood up and started reading Genesis. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, contrasting this with Odyssey, which I think actually did it a lot better, in the Odyssey episode, the character who has sort of the same problem of presenting on evolution says at the end of the episode, I believe that God created man, not that he evolved from an amoeba. And the teacher says, why didn't you tell me this before? I, you could have wrote, written a creationist's or a, a Christian's perspective on evolution, which is a great compromise that's not even touched here. And it's mostly left at, as far as the plot goes, Justin's asked to do something. Justin doesn't do it. Justin's asked to not do something again. Justin does the thing that he's asked not to do. End of episode. Yeah. Whereas it's presented that he stands up for the truth and stands up for his faith. We see in the episode, in the clip that was cut from the CD, which (laughs) I wish would have been there, but we see that the the guy who's heckling him at the beginning of the episode isn't even affected by his partial presentation or that he wanted to stand up for his beliefs. And we don't even see after that when he fully presents the thing if that kid is affected by it. So I wonder, because the idea is that if even one person came to Christ from Justin's presentation following from the list in which a similar case is made and the next episode where it's very powerfully put that Christ would come even if it were for just one person. I wonder if more people, including that kid, would have been affected if Justin had just said, okay, well, let me present this and talk about it. Well, the scientific theories on this say that there's this kind of evidence, but we see that there isn't actually that evidence and the evidence doesn't actually point there. So, there must be some other theory. There must be some other explanation other than evolution and the Big Bang Theory. And then just leave it at that 
and let them come to him after the class and ask, well, what do you think the answer is since you weren't allowed to talk about it in class? That's a way to do it that's not even touched here. Yeah, it would be a lot more intellectually honest, too, because here we just have sort of two camps saying, well, my theory's better without showing by their words that they understand the other theory whatsoever. Yeah, it demonstrates that the episode doesn't think it needs to prove one side or the other, or it doesn't- Which it doesn't, necessarily. It's not, like, it kind of touches on the theories, but that's really not the goal of the episode. Yeah, but when you end up framing the episode this way, that he's having such a hard time presenting on it, I think there should at least have been- if they were going to go this route, there should have been some baseline, well, there's this one specific piece of evidence which we think points toward evolution, and then for Justin to turn around and say, well, I don't think that, and have something there. But otherwise, the audience is left either thinking there's no evidence for evolution, or there is, because the teacher's not a moron. Obviously, he has his beliefs, and I don't think he would have come to them without actually thinking about it deeply. So there's obviously a reason why he believes in evolution, or maybe not that he actually does, but that he's taught it in class. So... I I don't know. It leaves me in a weird place and this this was 21 years ago that this episode came out. Sure. So there's only there's only so far you can go with criticism, but like like we said last time, last part in this review, you can point out criticism to say, "Hey, this thought pattern that was brought up here." And like Hannah talked about back in When Push Comes to Love, that if you're internalizing this like this is a a way to do it you can still stand up for your faith in school. And if you're forced to make a profession of faith in evolution or in natural selection or something that you, you do believe goes against Christianity, you don't have to do that. But you don't have to do it in the way that this episode says is a viable option, though. Yeah, and in fact, I would actually argue, like, from this episode, or this episode and even, like, the Odyssey version make a big deal about a teacher who wants their student to do a report on the theory, they make a big deal about it as if it's like a moral difficulty. And I understand that perspective, but I'm not so sure that it is. Because again, it's the theory of evolution. It's not the fact of evolution. And if you were to, like, it's just like if you were to provide a report on a theory that game theory came up with. (laughs) Game theory or food theory, film theory, if anyone knows that YouTube channel, it's a fa- I'm a fan of it. Um, but they just they come up with theories that 95% of the time are not <laughs> actually fact. They're just fun. Hey, what if this was the case? And you could repeat that theory to somebody without having to say you believe in it, just that it's fun. And I think the case could be made that children in school can do the same and say, here are what people who think that evolution is true think. Not what I think, but what people think. I think Odyssey did a much better job, though. I don't think that criticism lands in that case because the teacher does say, why don't you do that? Why don't you say what you as a Christian believe about evolution? Sure. You're still doing your report on evolution, but you're coming from your perspective. I guess what my criticism is, my criticism is more in the children, not the teachers, because I think the children come to like this huge like, oh, well, I don't know if I can do this because I believe in God. But they're not being asked (laughs) to repeat what the Odyssey episode says. They're not being asked to believe in it. They're being asked to write a report about it. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That is like, that's said through the Odyssey episode, but it's kind of true. It is just a report. Mm -hmm. Just like anything else is a report. Like you write a report on a book 
You're not saying that you liked the book. You're just saying what was in the book. Yeah. And what makes it weirder in the Odyssey case and in this one is that the characters very much know, as far as I'm concerned, that that's an option. And yet, at the end of the Odyssey episode, the teacher says, well, there's this option. And she's like, oh, really? I didn't know that was an option. You did. <laughs> well, that's that's not exactly how the dialogue goes, but that, that's basically what it mm-hmm. is. And then in this one, I just find it interesting that most of the scenes that talk about Justin's subplot were cut. Or a lot of the content was cut from the CD because it really does not have a lot of bearing on the rest of the episode, which especially we get to with talk the about outro, because because the outro talks about persecution and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, kind of yeah. Um, which doesn't really make sense, like because this episode, it kind of goes back and forth between Justin and the Ms. Kopech theories and stuff, right? And a little bit with Maya. Oh, what was it with Maya? I'm so trying to remember. Maya's was where she wanted to go with the Morrisons to their Thursday night thing. And at the end of oh, the episode, she okay. meets Grace. And it's the persecution from her family. Gotcha. But even so, she's not being persecuted for being a Christian. And yet at the end of the episode, it makes it out like this episode was about what to do in response to persecution as a Christian. Mm-hmm. When yeah. even Justin isn't being persecuted for his faith other than by, like, that one snobby classmate. (laughs) Like, the teachers being very, I think, reasonable to say, hey, I've been teaching you about this theory, because that's what I'm required to teach you, and now I'm required to ensure that you guys heard what I said. So write a report showing that you heard what I said. And Justin's like, well, I would rather write a report about the Bible. And And the teacher's like, I understand that, but I I have to write about what's in class. That's not going to work, because I've got to prove that you heard what I said, not that you heard what your parents said all your life. And even and what like, you've researched, you know? Right, right. And it's like, I think it would have been a good idea for the teacher to follow up and say, look, next week, I've decided you can make a report about what you believe personally, because I think that that's valuable. But right now, I need you to prove that you understand what I said. Yeah, it's not, I don't think it's supposed to be really deep, because the, the episode is called Theories. And it mostly focuses on the theories that the Morrisons have about Blanche Kopech. Sure. So I wonder if when they were in the writer's room, they thought, oh, what subplot can we have to tie in the theories about Blanche to this? It just feels very, very forced. Yeah. And this really, I think, like, I think it's good that we're reviewing it as a, like, a three-part finale. Yeah. Better than just the last episode by itself and these episodes by themselves, Mm because it makes better sense in that way because these last three episodes are more serialized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the biggest criticism I had about these three episodes. Do you want to move into our thoughts on the, the final episode? We'll get more positive. Hannah Matlock is coming back on this oh, yeah. podcast for- And possibly Baby. Yeah, because everyone loved Baby last time. It was great. Cool. But do you want to talk about Grace's, kind of where I am on Grace's covering up of what's going on? Oh uh, yeah, we could. I think Hannah has thoughts on that too. Oh cool. Well, let's let's go quickly through it, I guess. Okay. So, the Morrison kids have been overhearing stuff from Mrs. Kopeck and phone calls that she's had. Timmy heard one in Boring, and then Brooke hears it in Theories when she hears that. I think I think she hears it in Theories, right? Yeah. She's saying something like we'll go with the um, um insanity. Yeah, I do still think insanity is a viable option. So she very much heard and then the next scene in that episode, in theories, is where Blanche Kopik is talking about, well, no, she's she was insane, and yeah, I handled her finances, but with her head trauma, she wasn't able to handle it herself. And 
she's not all that she seems. You don't know her that well. And she said, she brings up the Neeries, who were Grace's legal guardians in New York, and says, well, if you think you know her that well, you didn't even know about that. Trying to plant doubts, but all it does is make Brooke even more sure that that Ms. Kopech is against Grace somehow. So they start putting the pieces together, and it's really cool because they're going back through previous episodes and thinking, oh, this was something that they said. And the the flashbacks in the final episode are really cool. But bringing up all these pieces, bringing them all together, and then they start going down conclusions where I think, yeah, that's kind of strange to the point where they're talking about the community center flooding. And then Timmy brings up, oh, and there was that big storm around the time of the trial. And they're like, I don't think that's what happened. Does Timmy think that Ms. Ms. Kopech Kopech has like X-Men powers? (laughs) Maybe, perhaps. But apart from those far-fetched conclusions that they had, I don't think they were necessarily wrong in trying to seek out that information. I agree. I This episode kind of forms most of my conclusions, or at least it's a good example of most of my conclusions regarding the kids versus Grace and, like, who is right, who is in the wrong, etc. And, like, in the end, I don't think anyone's necessarily in the wrong because the kids, I think, are right, or, or not necessarily right, but they are okay to explore this because they've heard some troubling things and it's worth investigating because the things they've heard involve them to a certain extent because they're the ones being lied to by Ms. Kopech. So just like Grace has been hurt in the past by someone and that's a mystery and we kind of want to find that out, but maybe that's just Grace's, that's Grace's business because she was the one hurt. Well, now the kids are being hurt because they're being lied to by Ms. Kopech. And so I'd say they have a reasonable claim to wanting to know the truth when it's clear that there's a lie here. So why is there a lie? What's Ms. Kopech up to? And they, I think, go through decent channels to try to find that information. They're a little sneaky about it. And that's, I think, why Grace responds in the way that she does to Mike and Haley. She's like, oh, <laughs> Did the person I know who took care of your money on. ever try to hurt you or steal anything, everything you had? Right. That's She's like, question. I know what's going on here. And the fu- the unfortunate thing is that she doesn't actually know what's going on here. Hmm. They d- she doesn't have any of the context for why they're asking the question. She assumes she knows the context, but she doesn't. And that's what informs her answer to them. And she's like, no, 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 everything's fine. You really have no need to worry and you should trust me, which yeah. I would argue, given what they know, that's not true because mm-hmm. Grace has insufficient information on what's going on on the kid's end. And she doesn't seek to understand or to probe deeper into, okay, why are you asking these questions? Yeah. Well, maybe that's partly the kids. I think the episode tries to put that on the kids, but in a very, it's hard to see what's going on here kind of way. But later the parents say, you need to ask honest questions of the people who can give you real answers. And then they take, the Morrison kids, over to Grace. John is disappointed. Mary's upset. Grace is also very disappointed in them. And my thing was like, well, Grace, if you knew what was going on here and you could foresee this conclusion where they ended up coming to these conclusions and you having to correct them, why didn't you ask them what is making you ask these questions about Blance Kopech? Because it seemed right. like they could have gone to Grace and asked those questions, but they... 
for one thing, they did in that one scene with Michael and Haley when they realized, and they oh, tried. yeah, she knows. Yeah, and also, last season, Grace says, don't tell anyone else, and the parents say, well, it's stuff that you shouldn't be worrying about. She didn't want them to know, so why would they have gone to her? Right, right. And so, that's yeah. going back to what I've kind of been talking about all along. It's that thing about when Grace chooses not to share things, it is within her parameters and her decision to decide how much she shares about her own past. But that's a double-sided, double-edged sword, I guess. Sure. Because when you don't share things, it makes you unapproachable about those topics. Yeah. And people who need that information are going to look elsewhere. So Grace not sharing with the kids, like I was talking about this with Hannah earlier, sort of the idea of like, are the kids gossiping when they start sharing this information? And they do get into gossip when they start coming up with like wild theories about everything. But otherwise, they're just trying to investigate something that's deeply concerning. And like, if you walked past a room and heard someone plotting to kill someone, (laughs) sharing that information with someone else and trying to stop that from happening wouldn't be considered gossip. It would be considered necessary communication to evade a disaster. And I think that's closer to what's going on with Ms. Kopeck here. Yeah. The kids aren't seeking to undo Ms. Kopeck because she's just mean to Brooke and we've got to bring her down. All the time, they're only referencing things that Ms. Kopeck has done and trying to figure out what she's up to. And it's only like that one scene that's kind of ridiculous with the storm stuff where things get out of hand, but that's, yeah, yeah. Well, they say that, that that's at the weird. end that we were that's trying to protect you. That's a weird thing in there. I don't understand why that's there. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's just a line from Timmy. Be like, uh, right. It's also to show that they're going to kind of irrational lengths to come up with these conclusions. Right. But there, there is a line in the third episode where they say we were just trying to protect you, Grace, and she says something like, "Well, that's between me and Mrs. Kopeck, isn't it, Miss Kopeck?" Something like that. I and don't. Even I don't know, so, yeah. like that's. It's a bad argument because they don't know that you're a blind lady who stays at home all the time. And we see Ms. Kopech on a day to day basis and she's also abusing us. And so if we hear that she's trying to do something to hurt you, that is our business because you're our friend. Mm -hmm. And it would be like, let's imagine an alternate scenario where the kids, every time Ms. Kopech does something wrong, they just say to the audience. So so I'll play it up right here. All right, we'll go with the insanity thing. Yes, Grace is insane. And then the kid goes, oh, okay. I'm not going to talk about this to anybody because I shouldn't. In fact, Grace and Miss Kopeck, it's just between them. So I'm not going to talk about this at all. And I'm going to ignore it like a good child. Would that feel like a satisfying moral conclusion to the episode? I hope it's a satisfactory conclusion. It's the best I have right now. What? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, it's not. It's, yeah, it's, (laughs) the episode's written by Beth Culp, and I think she knows, I think she knows exactly what's going on, and I wouldn't say it's a problem with the episode, it's a problem with Grace, and I think that you can have characters like the Richters who are making terrible choices a lot of the time. And have it still be good character development, good characters, good writing, good story, a good episode. For sure. The problem comes when I feel like the episode itself is saying it. And I don't know if it is, but I think it is. I think it is, too. Like, yeah. uh, what, what does Zach say at the end? I don't remember. I think he talks about salvation. 
right? Oh, right, because the yeah, episode yeah. pivots. Because there's so, a lot of great stuff in the episode, and a lot there of there is, uh, uh, and still, we'll get to that. A lot of great build up to the end of season four, which I hope performs better than this one does. But we'll see. For now, at least, I think that's as much criticism as I think I want to talk about with these episodes. I, I don't know if you agree on that part. Yeah, I think just to f- sort of close, I guess it. There was one line. I I guess I like maybe three minutes more of criticism. Yeah. But there's one line where Grace is like, next time, can you see Ms. Kopeck with your hearts and not your calculating little brains or something like that? Yeah. And it felt patronizing Mm. because I don't think that we're meant to only see people with our hearts. Like when someone is plotting something, I think it's good to use your brain to conclude what they're trying to do and stop it if it's going to hurt somebody. Um, I don't think that's unreasonable. I think I do appreciate the message of, hey, look at the person's heart, not just what you can see to dislike about them. I think it maybe could have been executed better if for some reason the kids were doing this because they had a personal vendetta against the person. Like in The Unlovables, in that situation, they're opposed to Maya because she's mean to them. And that makes Anna, for example angry and kind of want to hurt her Mm -hmm. back like she kind of wants bad things for the person in this situation the kids just want justice and safety which they don't go to the parents or grace and say let's try to get her put in jail for a really long time or anything like that they almost go there with their theories about her flooding the community center and things like that but they it doesn't start out that way at least Right, but they're not saying we want bad things. They're just saying, I wonder if she's also going this far, mm-hmm. which it's not giving the benefit of the doubt, and I'll agree with that. Like, it's not good by any means. What they're but, assuming about her stealing money and the whole backstory yeah. that they say, yeah, we know this at this point. Really? Yeah, well, it's the only logical I mean, outcome. No, yeah. It's a logical outcome, given that everyone is being so cagey about information regarding Ms. Kopech. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that open communication is so valuable is that it prevents gossip like this. Right. Right. So I don't appreciate the construction of the episode where it seems to be saying, if you had just talked, this would have been cleared up, but also they tried to talk and it wasn't cleared up. So it was like, here, have some cookies and lemonade. Don't talk. But I also think that Beth Culp knows what she's doing. And so I'm willing to, as we return to these episodes, to see how exactly it's handled in the future. So in the meantime, that's that's all we have to say about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's see if we can transition from that on to the positive stuff. Yeah. Ah, well, Ryan, I will reiterate here, we are huge, huge fans of Down Gilead Lane. And they're, the reason we bring out these criticisms is because we we love the great things that Gilead does. And when there are little lapses in story or lapses in writing that, that we think, maybe others didn't see it that way, that's totally fine. But we, we think it's it's good to talk about it and to, to bring out the open. Uh, I think that's the yeah. sentiment that we've shared, right? Yeah. And I think that, I at least for me, I try to keep a balance of here's what I liked, here's what I didn't like, because mm. these episodes are great they uh, the series as a whole is really great and so it's important to talk about the good things the bad things and also the awesome things yeah so if you have any criticisms of our criticisms or things you really liked <laughs> about these episodes please let us know inception <laughs> 
you can go to anchor.fm slash return to Gilead to leave us a voice message find other ways to contact us you can find us on Facebook as well Ryan and myself there will be links to that through the link tree that's up on anchor.fm uh, and I think we'll leave it there because we've got another packed podcast next time Ryan's wife Hannah is coming back once again to review another Yay! finale with us so in the meantime I'm Michael and I'm Ryan Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we finish Season 2 on our return to Gilead.